You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also for the podcast, a new sponsor, RCB Bank. Since 1936, RCB Bank has offered progressive products and a friendly service. Come in today to find out more about their loan promotion on new used refinance cars, boats, campers, and ATVs. Visit RCB Bank to learn more. RCB Bank, that's my bank. With approved credit, restrictions apply. Now, let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, host, back with another episode up in Tulsa today at the Sessler Schaefer Architects. I'm so glad I said that right. Uh, <laughs> Architects Building uh, with Whitney Stauffer and Stephen Dillon. Did I get that right? Oh, Dinan. no. Dinan. Dinan. Oh, I, I, <laughs> people who listen to the podcast know that I'm terrible with names, so I can kind of justify it. But thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the podcast, uh, you know, to talk about the, the amazing stuff that you do and, and a project in particular. But before we dive into that project uh, that you guys are involved in, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, where were you born and raised? Go ahead, Winnie. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. I am born and raised here, but in Oklahoma City is mm-hmm. where I grew up. Uh, left for a little bit and then realized that Oklahoma is where it's at and came back. So now I've been in Tulsa ever since. And I've been born and raised in uh, Ohio, yeah. close to Columbus, about an hour east of Columbus, a little place called Zanesville. How did you make it to Oklahoma? Oh, it's been a journey. Um, I went to Ohio State for grad school uh-huh. or undergrad um, and uh, yeah, finished my degree there. And went out east and ended up at grad school at Yale and worked for Caesar Pelly's office in Connecticut for a little bit and moved to Chicago after that, after I <laughs> yeah. you know, finished grad school and uh, worked out there for five more years at Adrian Smith Gordon Gill Architecture. And my wife and I had a child and She's from Tulsa originally. Uh-huh. Yeah. We moved back to Oklahoma. Yeah. We came so, back for yeah. free babysitters. That's so, what it is. Yeah. He yeah. likes to say he's from been the, a journey. the other OSU. Yeah. That's where he's from. Yeah, you the come here and you're Ohio like, State yeah. University. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's okay. I went to a golf event once and met uh, Maya, well, Coach Maya, and I had oh, no man. idea who he was. And I texted my buddy. I was like, hey, this Urban, no, this Urban Myers is at this event. And they were like, what do you mean? And it was the year that you guys won national, oh, national yeah. championship, and I had no idea who he was. Um, and they were like, "You should go like meet him." I'm like, why? <laughs> My friends were so insulted. I was like, "Sorry, Ed. I have a really good buddy of mine who's like an Oregon Ducks fan." So, oh, I'm super mad, right? So, uh, did you get his autograph? No, no. I d- I do have a picture with some other Ohio, big Ohio people who were there that week though, in the golfing world. So, um, but yeah, Yeah. that was, that was the only time I've been kind of in the same room as him. Football is king. He's kind of a legend, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We have that in common. Oh yeah. Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, 
how is Yale? Like, tell me about that before we go any further. Like, what's grad school like at Yale? Oh, man. Um, intense. <laughs> um, I... I, I definitely was drawn to Yale because they're obviously the Ivy League uh, uh, invitation and um, it has so many different avenues and directions within the field of architecture that you can take. Uh, they offer a wide range of curriculum and um, different um, specialties really that you can really focus on what, where you want to be and how you want to, yeah, yeah. you know what you want to yeah. get from your education and how you want to use it afterwards. And you came away with a really obviously great education right. and um, worked with the best, the leaders in the field of architecture, anywhere from, or anyone from Frank Gehry, the Zaha Hadid was there mm -hmm. uh, momentarily. And um, Todd Williams, Billy Shin, they were professors of mine and one of my, uh, senior studios and learned a great deal from them and yeah yeah they were a big influence on me uh, having them as a right. professor which you know it was just a great experience all around yeah well you're obviously like pretty intelligent to get into Yale so it's like you know yeah. I just applied and got in no big yeah, deal just yeah. right, <laughs> right. Um, Whitney, what about you going east? Tell me a little bit about that. It was actually west. But west, yes. sorry. No, you're good. You're good. I um, went to OU. I got mm -hmm. a journalism degree there and just wanted to, I thought I had to get out of Oklahoma. So went to Los Angeles of all places. Um, my, I met my husband in college, so we moved there together. We're the only people married. So we're this huge anomaly there. <laughs> people. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was, so that was hilarious. We had so much fun. Um, I worked in entertainment business, so it was fast and furious. Um, you thought you were dealing with life or death situations, mm -hmm. but we, in fact, were not. And um, it was it was really fun. We left it all there. We had a blast, um, including most of the money that I made while I was there stayed there, <laughs> sadly. But yeah. um, but then we decided, you know what? Let's go be closer to family. We were spending all of our vacation and extra money traveling back to Oklahoma for mm -hmm. weddings and. Um, holidays. So then it seemed, okay, this is silly. Yeah. So came to Tulsa and I've really, really loved being here. Since, right. But. So how do you get from like entertainment industry to working for, you know, for an architect firm or totally, being involved totally in an architect bizarre. firm? Yeah. So I was always in corporate communications and PR. Okay. Um, came back here in 2009, job market not great, kind of after the crash in 2008. Um, started working for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm and learned kind of the lay of the land in Tulsa, which was really, really fun. And it was actually a board member there that recruited me to the industry and said, you would be great at business development. I didn't know what business development was at the time. Um, I really had only been on the PR. Um, and then at that point, I guess, kind of event planning, fundraising side of things. And um, got here and I love architects. They're a bunch of type A yet creative people. It's perfect. You don't find that combination right. in many industries. So um, I just really fell in love with, with the industry. Yeah. And I'm not, I, I'm not a person, um, I can't represent or sell anything that I don't believe in. And so Seltzer Schaefer has always been at yeah. the top of their game here. So it was a really easy transition Really for easy me. to do. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking of, of, of the company then, what kind of, before we dive into the main topic, what other projects have you guys done around the area that people from Tulsa and Oklahoma might know? So we, yeah, we do a lot of community projects around, I think it's the last count was something 
north of 50 plus projects just in and around the downtown area of mm -hmm. Tulsa. So that gives you the idea of how many projects we've done since 1993 here. Um, and they're all a little bit different. So um, AHA downtown was one that really kind of started to get some national attention. It's an arts center in um, downtown Tulsa. And the Center for Creativity on TCC's campus. We've done a lot of work at Oklahoma State University. We've done, um, so that's higher ed. We've done K through 12. I mean, it, we've done a little bit of everything. I'd yeah. say right now, we have a lot of nonprofit clients. Those, mm -hmm. those projects are really rewarding. We're really involved in our community. A lot of our staff um, serve on nonprofit boards um, and industry boards. So we're really involved. Mm -hmm. And that leads to a lot of projects in that, yeah. in that way, which is super, super fun. So, and then right now, I mean, we're just finishing this. We're doing a master plan for Philbrook Museum um, and we have national clients. So HEB Grocery Company in Texas, if you know anyone in Texas, they're like evangelical about their local HEB. They love it. Um, so we're really lucky to get to work with them yeah. and then Chick-fil-A on a national level. So. Oh, that doesn't yeah. suck, does it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, that must be so good. Yeah. Yeah, we've, it's great working in, you know, this community and it's, it's sized pretty well for our size of firm, really, yeah. where we have the opportunity to go out and work on all kinds of projects. It keeps the job interesting. Yeah, that's no for doubt. sure. And that's one of the things I love about architecture is we get to do, you know, a little bit of everything and learn about the, these clients, learn about these projects and their yeah. project types and just build our portfolio. Yeah, and it's it's thrilling work, really. Every single project, so. right? And I'm sure, like, not every building's different, right? So you get to work on something totally new. Oh yeah, you know, which is exciting. And as a creator, an architect, like, yeah. I want to push the boundaries. I want to develop something that's going to stand the test of time, and you know, doesn't get knocked down like yeah. half of Oklahoma City did and you know, in right. history books. Yeah, right. And we're always looking for new techniques and new materials and things to really push the limits and stay at the forefront of design and. Yeah. You know. I think it affords us to have the best staff too, because as an architect, they don't want to work on just one thing over and over again. Like yeah. that's the challenge. That's the fun is to work on something different. So yeah. I do find that that helps us in recruiting and on the HR side of things. Yeah. And there's yeah, a lot definitely... of people like us that have been in bigger cities and decided, you know what, I have a family and I'm going to go back to Tulsa. We have like, right. I don't know, the probably a third of our firm are boomerangs or yeah. lived well, somewhere else before living here. Yeah. And that's another thing I'd like to touch on is that, you know, I, when I was working in Chicago and some of these big offices, a lot of the projects I worked on were international. So you weren't quite as hands-on, you know, yeah. you may get to visit them occasionally, you know, and check out the progress. But mm -hmm. here we get to be involved daily and we're out in the job sites. We're working with construction workers. We're getting our hands dirty. And yeah. um, it, it's definitely fun to be able to be a part of that local scene. Yeah. And get to enjoy, you know, the stuff that you do, right? You know, yeah. you might be going to these places with family or, you know, for years yeah, and years, right. which is oh, really yeah. cool. Yeah, and we worked on a project for the zoo recently, that's and it's right. like yeah. I get to take my, you know, four-year-old daughter and, you know, yeah. she's going to say, oh, daddy did that. Just think <laughs> when the new elephant exhibit is done. He'll be yeah, like, yeah. it's me. Yeah, that's, it's me, honey. We're working through that right now, so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to yeah. be able to have that impact. So it, it sounds like you, you guys were kind of a, a short pick then for, for the Greenwood Rising project then because of the amount of community impact you've already had. And, and it just mean, I mean, just, I'm sure it made sense to everyone that you're like, oh, well, these guys have been doing this for a while and they're clearly very good at what they do, you know? 
Yeah, it started like any other sonar industry. You can respond to an RFQ, mm -hmm. and then you have to go to an interview, and you know all of right. those things. You're competing for the work, so it was pretty standard in the way that it started. But I hope that they thought it was a very easy yeah. <laughs> decision yeah. to make, um, and we certainly were grateful. Something this big, um, a lot of times in a city of our size decision makers think, oh, we got to go get some expert from some other big city. Mm -hmm. And so I spend a lot of our time saying, guys, those experts are here now. Yeah. They used to work at those firms that you're looking to hire and now they work here and they live here and they really care about Tulsa. Yeah. And so I think it's the best of both worlds in, in that respect. So Definitely. hopefully they felt that way. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and while people are listening to this, they can go to the website greenwoodrising.org and check out all the information that's, that's coming that we're probably going to talk about now. But um, I mean, as cultural impact goes and as significant events goes, this is, I mean, it's up there, isn't it? yeah. you know, so, so to be involved with this in, in your home city is, you know, it, it's top of the top of the line. And oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Ohio, like I mentioned earlier, mm. and I, I was shocked to have never heard of it. Yeah. Um, prior to this project really um and it i was even more shocked to learn that most oklahomans haven't exactly. really heard of this mm -hmm. story as well and i just you know feel honored that we're able to contribute in a meaningful way with this project and be able to retell that story yeah and uh i yeah i mean that's an incredible um feeling to be able to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. So so the building then is uh, the Black Wall Street History Center, right? Is Correct. it just that building or is there others that are coming along with it? That's there, a good yeah. question. I mean, because it's the Greenwood is a district, right? That, yep, that has everything in it, and yep. it's you know, there's not just one building. There's going to be a lot of other stuff that goes on here. So there's an existing kind of the deep Greenwood is is sure. there and existing. There are businesses there, and there's a Greenwood Cultural Center, which mm -hmm. has a lot of um, great information and artifacts there. And this is really tells um, the story, kind of before, during, after um, the the massacre mm -hmm. itself. So it's, um, it's not meant to be only about what happened 100 years ago, yeah. but kind of how, they re how the district rebuilt afterwards, the um, resiliency of this district. Mm -hmm. And um, and then the, the interesting part is the ultimate decline was not the massacre. It really was more um, putting in highway systems that would go straight through areas of town like this. Yeah, more urban development in the 60s. Correct. Cut them off and isolated Greenwood really from the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the, the so central it's a business really, district. Yeah, it's yeah. like this multifaceted story that's, even if you've but, learned about it in some capacity, there's no way you probably know all of this that you can learn inside inside yeah. these walls. Yeah, and the commissions actually, they've contributed with other projects uh, surrounding Greenwood, um, like the Pathway to Hope. Correct. Um, and, and the Greenwood Art Project Greenwood is going Art on project, at the same time. Yeah. So there's a lot of things happening kind of all at once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Greenwood Cultural Center. So it's Cultural not just Center. Greenwood Rising. It's yeah. branched out into more of the fabric yeah. of the community with all these small projects. They're really, they want to be active and, um, you know, working towards more social reform. And That's right. Yeah. And it, it really is a catalyst for not just a conversation here, but a conversation, a national conversation that really needs to be had around, around all of this. And it's interesting because a lot of this started, I don't remember how many years ago, and Phil Armstrong, the director of the commission, um, 
could say this far better than I, but several of them traveled to another city, and I believe Montgomery. Montgomery, and there was yep, Montgomery, and there was a um, an exhibit within that civil rights museum that told the story of what happened in Tulsa, and so the, the idea was, why do we have to travel all the way there to learn about this history of Tulsa's? We should be telling this story here. And if people travel to hear about it, they should then spend their money in Greenwood while yeah. they're, while they're doing that. So, um, that was kind of the ultimate, um, I think decision of why this needed, needed right. to happen in the yeah, first place. Yeah. So was this building existing or was it just built from the ground up? Ground up. Ground up. Okay. Yeah. Which is probably so. nice as an architect to be like, we can do we you don't have, have more to. It's control. Not like a, I mean, yeah. if it was a historic building, then you kind of work your way in, right? But if it's just... I mean, I love historical rehab sure. projects. Um, they're fun to be able to, you know, secure those buildings and renovate them in a way that, you know, that the scale fits in. They're there mm-hmm. historically. They're, they're definitely fun projects to work on. But yeah, this one was ground up and it gives you more freedom, obviously. The, right kind of do what you want to do with the design and make it uh, tell the story just through architecture. Right. Almost, it, it, we, we wanted to express the story within the building on the outside as well uh-huh. and um, basically set up the narrative before you enter and create this unique building that becomes this destination spot mm-hmm. within Greenwood to help promote some of those businesses and the local community. Yeah. And ground up construction probably was even more important for our partner, Local Projects, who was the exhibit designer. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of the storytellers on the inside. And we um, contributed on all the, I mean, the architecture yes. obviously is yeah. ours. And then a lot of collaboration on some of the inside spaces, I would yeah. say. Yeah. But to be able to move people through a building exactly how they want to tell the story, I think is mm-hmm. probably really great with a blank slate. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and to that point, I'm sure it's a lot, lot of, you know, it's more enjoyable. I say more enjoyable. It's probably a lot more fun for you guys to be able to build something like this, taking people through on a story and a journey through architecture and history rather than building your average or, or other buildings, you know, like is it's effectively a museum, isn't it? If, if that's going to have, you know, shows that are coming and going and exhibits coming and going and right. stuff, as well as obviously the general history of, of, of that event. But that must be like, you know, you get to use your creative side a lot more. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, totally. And it's, it's, yeah, it's great to have that blank slate where you can, yeah, like you said, uh, help with moving people through the spaces and designing the spaces for that wayfinding for these areas of meditation and reflectance where people can you know start the healing process there's spaces in the building as well that um, are set up to create dialogue uh, about moving forward and what we do uh, with what we what you just experienced in these exhibits and how you take that experience and you know yeah. understand what it means in today's society and you know how do we uh, move forward from here to better ourselves right so. that's I don't know if I've ever heard someone someone say I've designed a building with with places dedicated to having conversation and like I mean I'm sure there are but like in that context yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah. Did, did the commission come to you and just say hey these are a list of things that we this is our like main focus of list bullet point things how do we fit this in as like a criteria and then you build to that and, well, and- a lot of these ideas came up 
with discussions we had with local projects too, who you know created the exhibit experience, and especially at the end, you know, it, you work through the past and what happened in Tulsa and the exhibits and how Greenwood was before the massacre. You get to the massacre, you see the devastation, and then coming out of that, you are inspired because you see how the community rebuilt and came stronger than ever really after the massacre, yeah. which people, many people don't realize. And, you know, later on you have their decline and then you're, you know, you're through the exhibit space and that's when you enter more of the future spaces uh, that are dedicated to making a commitment to, you know, moving forward with this community and what you're going to do the, you know, yeah, better yourself. Yeah, and to your point, I think it just evolved over time. I mean, the yeah. whole project kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger because everyone they would talk to, even the funders, they'd say, you've got to go bigger. This has to be a yeah. statement. This can't just be like a small exhibit. This has to be this has to be big. Like, Tulsa deserves this. So it just kept evolving over time, yeah. um, I would say. And I think that that was probably an addition to have that contemplative space for tough conversations afterwards. That was kind of an addition during that time right yeah i mean we wanted to make a statement and make this building unique obviously um to tell the story properly but also the site itself within the city and have this presence um basically located at the historic entrance to black wall street is the perfect site um the building itself really makes a powerful statement um, just by being on that corner and projecting out over the street. And it's about welcoming you, you to the district and being this new gateway to Greenwood yeah. and representing the future of Greenwood. It, it must have been, I mean, it's hard work working on projects like this. You know, generally it's why you do what you do and why you're, you know, you guys keep improving and getting better, you know, and doing what you do. But when you get when you when they say okay you know your film's gonna get this what's the feeling like what, I mean I'm sure there was a buzz around the office to say like wow we have a chance to make I mean I know we do awesome projects anyway and we make an impact but this is to another scale like how was that around the office what was that feeling like I'll say in the beginning it was like okay, we better make sure everyone understands. Right, so yeah. one of the first things we did was bring Hannibal Johnson. He is a historian and one of the best to, to um, present. And I'd actually heard him present as part of Leadership Tulsa um, a few years prior. And so the first thing we did is bring not only our team internally in our office, but our partners on the project, our engineering partners, in so that he could give this presentation and people could understand. Because like we said before, cool. I'm from Oklahoma City. All I right. grew up not knowing anything about this. The first I heard of this massacre was through that Leadership Tulsa program, which is crazy. Yeah. So I knew that there had to have been more in our office. And, and it really was shocking, I mm -hmm. think, for a lot of people in our office. And he does a really nice job of, of um, telling that history in a way that it can be heard, if that makes sense. Because there's so much race relations there's you could you could inf you know infer politics you could do all of that there's in so these conversations layers, right? yes but he does such a wonderful job of telling the story in a way that you're able to hear it well and and you know when we originally designed the building before we did anything before we put pen to paper mm -hmm. we wanted to know the story yeah, it was right. important that we knew the story first and not just the story about the massacre but about the whole history of greenwood because that's really what the building's about yeah 
And while it's a creative opportunity, it's an immense responsibility right. <laughs> to yeah. take on a project like this. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you better be know what you're getting into. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, and, and you're right. Like, it's great to know that you brought, you know, the right people in to tell to make sure that everyone understands the scope of this. Because if someone in the office or people in the office just think it's just another building, well, yeah. you know... Well, it's so not. Might, it's exactly, not just another right? building, and they might, you know, and there's a reason, yeah. and they might say something offhanded, and you're thinking, well, hang on a second, we need to get everyone in house, and like this, this is the reason for this. This is the meaning behind yeah. it, yeah. and everyone's working the right direction from that. But and we didn't know, like, this is well before Black Lives Matter movement. Sure. So we didn't know. I mean, I'm so glad we did that because we didn't know that how soon this was going to all be part right. of the national conversation, mm-hmm. and especially here. Um, here in Tulsa. So I'm glad that all of our staff, whether they're working on the project directly or not understood, um, because they're now associated with it and need Mm -hmm. to know how to, how to represent it. Yeah. So this was open a little bit, right? A couple of weeks ago for the event. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, The pathway to hope, um, opened the Friday Mm -hmm. before I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, the official dedication of Greenwood rising was on the Wednesday, Uh the following Wednesday. Yeah. All the dates are escaping yeah, me now. Yeah, it's, been a a <laughs> it's been a blur. It's been a blur. Happened really quickly. Was the center open for a little bit during that time so people could kind of see a little bit of it? I know it's not finished yeah. now, but well, you know. the, the so they following the opening, they were open for ten days and basically opened up the building for direct descendants and uh, survivors of yeah. the the massacre that have the first viewing, which I think was a great thing. That's special, yeah, yeah it very was really special, great. and. Um, just I just couldn't speak enough to the amount of effort it took to fast track this building. We broke ground when was it? August. August, but construction didn't start until December. So five and a half months yeah. of uh, you know just and a nice really storm. fast place. Yeah, making Crazy. this happen, and the construction teams our design teams just pulling extra hours to get it done on time. I mean, yeah. it's truly an incredible project just to see really the entire community coming together to make it happen. And I mean, it's incredible how much this building means to everyone surrounding it, even the people working on it, um, to dedicate yourself to something yeah. like that, especially a construction project in that short amount of time. Totally. Shout out to Crossland Construction yeah. because they worked around the clock to make that happen so that people could get in on that dedication day, mm-hmm. which a hundred years anniversary, you know, that's, it's pretty significant. Yeah, it's a pretty big date, deal. You know? Yes. Yeah. So, so to be able to get those, um, descendants of the survivors, um, and, and descendants of anyone of Greenwood actually yeah. to get to go through the space first, I think was really, really meaningful. Yeah. And I still have not been through the space completely with all the exhibits on, I can say, because I was not going to step in, step in right. front in line yeah. of, of anyone that needed yeah. to be there first. So, so it'll open up here shortly. We're just yeah. right you, putting the final touches on it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I mean, hopefully in August we'll we'll be inside, right? And 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 it'll be all done. And you know, you can. It, it's open to everyone, then, and they can yes. walk through and, and experience it. And uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I know we're going to take a little walk later with hard hats on and take a look yeah, at it. That's but right. It's not the same. Construction walk. Right. Construction yeah. walk then we'll, we'll have um, you come back when exactly, it's officially yeah. open so you can see it for real. Um, so, so with designing the building, obviously, like 
bit of amazing cool stuff on the inside but the exterior really stands out and if you look at the pictures of it you know the overhang and everything is there anything else that you kind of added to it that really stand out and, and make it make a difference or, or just you know when people driving by might see it and not even get inside but they know what it stands for yeah um so we really wanted to tie the exterior uh, of the building to the, the interior and the experience within. So we set up a couple things um, as you enter. One thing being a quote facing the historic Greenwood Black Wall Street across the street. Um, the quote is from James Baldwin and it, it, it's, it reads, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And we worked with um, the commission and they sent out a survey to the community. Yeah. And there were like three was, quotes for us to yeah, choose from, I there think. There were a couple of quotes to choose from. And this is the one that, once again, it's about the community building this project. And yeah, this was yeah. the one that was chosen, which I think is, is just the perfect uh, way to set up this experience of the right. exhibits on the interior. And it really, in just a few words, just says what the project's about. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's also one of my favorite exterior uh, features is there's a skylight right in front of the door and there's a cutout that you kind of don't see when you're walking up, but it says yeah. 1921. So when you are walking to the, up on the sidewalk, it says 1921 right before you open the yeah. door. So it kind of sets it up you know, what you're about to walk into. Yeah. So we, yeah, this Oculus or skylight, yeah. whatever you want to call it, um, architecturally, but yeah, so the sun, we put the 1921, the, the date of the massacre, yeah. obviously, uh, on a, on a signage band at the very top and the sun hits it and projects the shadow across the entrance to the building, which is really cool to see mm -hmm. it trace through there throughout the day at different times it's in different locations but it's about this setting up this narrative and having the building you know yeah. interrelate with what's on the interior and then when you step yeah. in it's um I mean, it's beautiful. The scale of it is really, really nice. And yeah. we can go back to that in a second. But um, one of the first exhibits, there are actual railroad tracks on the ground that you have to step over. Mm -hmm. So symbolically really setting up what you're getting into. And then one more teaser is just that, so The Watchmen, I don't know if you saw that. It was on HBO and it um, the very first episode had a really graphic scene from what it was probably like mm -hmm. in um, while the massacre was going on. And it was it's really intense and, and that's really what started a lot of this attention on, mm -hmm. on this and in that show and I haven't seen this episode full disclosure but apparently they show that they have a museum later that mm -hmm. that shows what happened and there are holograms and so then of course everyone right away was like oh there won't be holograms you know in this yeah. new place and there are holograms which is super super cool so um that's don't one of my, give it away. I'm not giving it yeah. away I will yeah. not do that yeah. to local projects our partner but um but, but uh, and speaking of local projects Digitally yeah. interact with, it's with, with some super, people. super yeah. cool. And um, local projects, I know we said that that's who did the interior um, uh, exhibit design with us, but they, just to give you an example of how amazing the interior of this is, they did the 9-11 Museum. So they're world-renowned for their exhibit design. So that was a really fun um, collaborative, collaborative process for us as well. So. And then the scale of the building in general, there's a gigantic project happening behind it Yeah. <laughs> that could have easily dwarfed it, but 
I'll let you talk about the design, Steve. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's part of the reason for the, you know, the big overhang. It's really just anchoring that corner. It's such an important corner in the district. And it's really, like I mentioned earlier, just the perfect spot for this project. And the overhang really gives it the presence um, we wanted within that urban corridor that's beginning to be mm -hmm. set up with these taller buildings surrounding it. And I mean, it just sets up, uh, it, it welcomes you, like I said, to the district and it's a new gateway for Greenwood. And yeah, we're very, we're very proud of the design and we think we did a great job. And um, I know you did a great job. <laughs> and we talked about the 1921 during the day. Yeah. But do you want to talk about the lights at night? Yeah. Because that's so an important feature. We can, we can talk about some of the materiality here for a second. Um, the, uh, the idea for the exterior design was really about resilience and vibrancy. Um, tying it back to the community, to the, you know, the entertainment district that was Black Wall Street, business district by day, entertainment by night. So there's this transformation really between, you know, just bright lights and neon signs and, you know, at nighttime. And yeah, um, yeah so we wanted the building to activate itself and do a similar um transition from day to night so you have this dynamic interplay of you know shadows during the daytime and illuminated from within at night and we used cast gfrc material and it allowed us to create this pattern that basically captures light from the bottom of each panel and illuminates the entire facade internally and really becomes a beacon for this district and uh, yeah. it's pretty cool. It's going to be really. It hasn't fully been, you know, right. set up Turn, yet. Yeah. But we're we're tweaking it and, anxiously, awaiting yeah, that first be, light up. It'll be really really yeah. cool. So that's one of the big design, you know, elements on the facade. Um, and the use of brick was really brick, important. Brick was important to us um, historically. Those greenwood buildings were built brick by brick and. They have their own like unique character with how the windows are detailed and all the bandings and stuff. It's really cool when you go down there and see some yeah. of those buildings. Um, so we wanted to do something contemporary with that. So we we created this detail that has a more of a profile uh, brick that alternates in course and is is more of a contemporary um, application and pays a tribute to those buildings yeah. of the past. Um, yeah, so I think I think I really like how the two are combined. The GFRC, we wanted this, this, Tell this them what idea. Tell what That was my next question. Sorry. Sorry. This is my job, yeah. is to help with the architectural speak. Right. Apologies, yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's glass, re uh, glass fiber reinforced concrete. Okay. So it's a concrete, which plays up to that resiliency gotcha. idea and materiality. And the, the lighting and internal, the lit, internally lit cavity is more about the vibrancy. All right. And, you know, taking those two ideas uh, yeah. to reinforce them within the facade. It's going to look really good. Yeah. They're so. one of a kind, too. You created the pattern on yeah. the exterior. Yeah. There's no other panel like it on any other building. It's truly unique. That's right. And that was the goal setting forward. Yeah. It's really Greenwood. Make this unique yeah. building to tell this unique story. Uh, 
I mean, obviously a project of this scale, you know, it goes without saying that it's, it means so much to, to you guys to be, you know, to be a part of it. Um, but elaborate on that a little bit. Like when you get this, when it's almost done, like there's that sense of we just did something that's like going to be a part of history. You know, we, we just built this that's that's going to stand the test of time, be it for a long time. And the reason for it is it's, you know, it's telling this story that, you know, that like you said, when you grew up, you didn't know this story, right? Yeah. And most yeah. people don't know this story. But, you know, to have this impact, you know, personally, what was that like? I mean, I'll say, yeah, it's very humbling. I'm really, I mean, I'm so proud of this work. Um, I know that we will have much more work in our future to be this proud of. However, to know that my kids are going to go on a field trip here and they're going to learn about this, um, which I was not afforded the opportunity to learn about this is really special. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also very humbling to be in like the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and Forbes and and all of this. Um, You know, we've had really important projects before, but I don't think any that have had um, the visibility that that this has had. So that's really exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. It's it's really humbling though, just from the story within and having that ability yeah. to create this, to to make yeah. this building, to make these spaces that have such an impact on everyone walking through, um, from the survivors and being yeah. able to help them heal and remember what happened in the past to new people learning about the story and you know the shock that comes with that and creating just each of these spaces where now you can have this conversation about the future and make this building really a it's a vehicle for change Mm -hmm. and you know you're bringing in all kinds of people and that can share their experiences and have discussions and talk about what we do um in the future to to move forward and it's truly about learning from the past to mm-hmm. to understand, you know, how we how we progress. Yeah, and it's and it's an it's an emotional experience. Yeah. I know you um, visited the bombing memorial mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City. I, I've heard that podcast yeah. of yours, and I had a very emotional experience going through that. It mm-hmm. is intense, and there there are parts of this. There's kind of an escape. Yeah. Um, if it's going to become too intense for you, there's an exit. Yeah. where you can early exit. So if that gives you any indication of, of the emotional pull, um, but I think even more important why there's a room for reflection and making a commitment um, for the future, because it, it will be emotional and it will it will make you think, what yeah, can I do yeah. so that this could never happen again? Right. Like, what do I have in my power or in my family? Like, what can my family do? And I yeah. think that's really important. Because most places you go to that have exhibits like museums or, or stuff like this of, of historical significance, you see it as a day trip, right? Some might see it, you know, you mentioned Dora just going to it on a field trip, stuff like that. But they don't have a reflection room, right? That's they don't right. have yeah. like, hey, now we're about to step out into back into our world. How can we change? How can yeah. we be a part of that? And how can we, you know, move forward? Yeah. You just walk out into the world and you go back back in your car and it's just another day, right? Sometimes. But That's right. this is it's totally putting you in that place, isn't it? You can't go through that room without being like, Okay, what are we gonna do now? Yeah. And have that conversation. Absolutely. Which is special. Yeah. And there's kind of an, a, I won't give that away either, but there's an electronic way to make your commitment and for yeah. it to be permanent there. That's awesome. Um, and attribute your name to that. So I think yeah. that's really special. Yeah. Another great thing too is the donor wall. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, we had tiles put in. Anyone that gave a dollar to a million dollars has their name up on the plaque. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's, like I said earlier, it's about the whole community coming together mm-hmm. and making it special. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, like I said, we're honored to be a part of this. Um, we've really put our heart and soul into designing this. We know how important it is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's just so... Uh, you know, I get a little emotional talking yeah. about yeah, it too, I can but see it's, that. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's just incredible as an architect. You just don't have this opportunity very often. And when you do, you just gotta yeah. nail it. So I, I can see that, you know, even though like, you know, even though you didn't grow up here, right. And Walter Whitney, you did, and it means so much to you from, from being here, but, but from both of you, like, and even from, for the firm's perspective, it's not about architecture. It's about much more than that. That's exactly and right. And that's the feeling, and that's that's what I get yeah. from listening to you guys speak yeah. about it. Because you're not speaking about it as the architect firm. You're speaking about it as human beings that are making change, and that's really cool. Right? Yeah. yeah. So. And not everyone gets to do that through their profession. So right. the fact that we have this really mm-hmm. great opportunity to do that is amazing. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for, for sharing. Thanks for, try, you know, uh, like teasing some things. <laughs> I'm sure Steve's like, don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. But um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, for people listening, you can go to the website, uh, greenwoodrising.org, and keep an eye on, on everything that's happening. And then, you know, the date tentatively, hopefully, will be open um, end of July, early August, depending on weather and stuff. But um, for everyone listening, uh, I'll post the link to the website, and you can go check that out out and yeah we'll catch you next episode cheers thank Thank, you thank you for having us this podcast is presented by the oklahoma hall of fame telling oklahoma story through its people since 1927 for more information on the hall of fame go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on instagram for daily updates at oklahoma hof Also, huge shout out to RCB Bank for jumping on board to be a sponsor. RCB Bank's loan promotion is here for a limited time. Head into any of their 40 Oklahoma locations to get as low as 1.79 APR on your next car, boat, camper, or ATV. Apply online at rcbbank.com. RCB Bank, that's my bank. Rate and finance with approved credit. Restrictions apply at member FDIC. Huge shout out to my sponsors. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.